A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Full Hitter Podcast. This is Rob DiPietro, the Dead Full Hitter. Coming at you with a little midweek podcast with my boy Ryan Root from Rotowire. Ryan is a awesome friend um, and a phenomenal fantasy baseball analyst and um, awesome player as well. So um, he does the bullpen charts for Rotowire, but he has a wealth of knowledge besides his um, impressive knowledge with bullpens, arm barns. So today we are going to get into a little quick lineup tool to help you for your setting your Friday to Sunday lineups. Um, we just go through some some matchups where teams are throwing and facing heavy left-handed or right-handed pitching splits, and we kind of just go into some of the guys that might be, um, you know, um, looking at decreased playing time or a chance to get into the game so we just hit on that and try to give you a little guidance toward you know trends in playing time as well and uh yeah so hopefully that can help with anyone either setting their lineups for friday to sunday on nfbc or fan tracks or whatever home league you play in for daily leagues as well it could help um and that will be the the beginning of the pod will be that, and then Ryan will get into some of the arm barns that he um, wants to talk about, either with situations with guys who are closing now or guys who might be closing in the future. So um, I'll have that after the lineup tool for the weekend, and we also go through um, some player talk and um, some two-star pitches for next week that you may or may not want to pick up. Um, for your online championships and main events. So, um, with that being said, um, hope everyone is enjoying the start of the baseball season and really cherishing the fact that we um, get to watch um, it play out instead of being locked out. So, um, it's awesome. This is what we've all been waiting for. So, um, it's over and under reaction season as well for your teams. Um, I'm very critical of my own teams and hyper-analyzing, hyper-aware of so many things um, that sometimes you just need a reminder that, you know, um, to practice excruciating patience as the baseball HQ mantra is. And sometimes we need to do that and sometimes we need to know when is right to make the move and to pull the triggers on things that either you have a gut feeling on or you see trends or you see something in the statistics, you know, metrics and stat don't stabilize to certain batter ball events or you know certain amount of threshold of uh moments um but you know sometimes you have to trust if you see a difference and don't wait for the stabilization points and to you know because you have to be early on it to if it's real so um trust your gut trust your instinct trust what you 
you know, what your analysis and your process is. So um, that's what's going to make you the best player and put your best team out there in fantasy. And, um, you know, if you're in a trading league, keeper league, dynasty type leagues, uh, start mining for the frustrated owners of players that you believe are just having bad starts this season. And this is the time to pounce. If anyone is overreacting, um, you know, go go get it. Go be proactive. Be active in getting guys on the trade market. Try to make your team better. Um, so, all right. Here you go. All righty, folks. Welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. It's Rob D., the dead pull hitter. Tonight, I am here on the pod with my good friend, Ryan Roof. Ryan, how are you, buddy? Good, good, man. Pumped to talk baseball with you. It's been been too long. Yeah, it has been too long. And I know last year we hooked up and did this. Um, we did a little bullpen dive, and then we also did this um, Friday to Sunday, you know, lineup tool that I um, ro- rolled out on some weeks last year, and uh, hope to make it part of a consistent routine where, you know, um, we break down some of the things to look out for for the Friday to Sunday lineup placement um, for NFBC and, you know, other leagues too. I know there's um, lots of home leagues too that do uh, Friday to Sunday lineup. And I think it's even helpful for even like if you play in a daily league, just to be aware of some of the the left-handed versus right-handed splits. And um, we're also, we're going to get, of course, because, you know, you're on and you're the bullpen guy. We'll go through, um, but you're more than a bullpen guy. That's what people don't know, Brian. They think you're like sneaky. Like they think you're just the bullpen roto wire guy, but you, you know, <laughs> you bring, you bring the all around heat, but you know, we'll get into some, like some arm barns. Actually, I got to keep saying arm barns. I like the way it is. It's, it sounds better. And I just keep forgetting to say it and um, maybe even look at some two-star pitchers for next week. So we're just going to do a mishmash, but um, we'll do the lineup um, stuff first. So at least if anyone's listening to the podcast and they're setting their lineup for tomorrow, they can, um, they can, uh, you know, get into some lineup stuff for the weekend. Um, uh, There's no team that has two games this weekend. So that's great. Every team's playing three times. Um, but before we get into it, I know that last year um, when we did the show, you had just come off the win uh, to get a free entry into the main, the main event for this year, yes, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. I did. So um, before we get into that, I just wanted to you know hear about your experience with the with your main event draft this year and um, you know how it went. I know you texted me after you were done and you said it was the most nerve wracking draft you did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know how did it go? You know how did you feel while you were drafting in it? I mean, I, I deal with anxiety, and I was I was pretty anxious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're talking, you know, your, your first main event with, you know, Vlad Sedler and Chris Liss and Larry Schechter and, and Zach Waxman, all these heavy hitters, Bill mm-hmm. Madani, like, man, it's just like, yeah, it was so nervous. I'm just like making sure like every pick is like perfect and trying to and hoping I don't F it up and. Man, it was like I was like sweating the whole draft, like three <laughs> hours, just like constant, just sweat dripping down my forehead. So, um, but yeah, uh, off to a pretty good start. Uh, so I'm 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 pretty pleased. Uh, got some things I'm I'm a little worried about. Got a few injuries already. So, but uh, yeah, draft was fun. It was a great experience. Learned a lot. Um, you you know your podcast in in the past certainly helped. I, I went back and listen to your your marathon three-hour pod with with toby and <laughs> phil uh, 
you know, around main event strategy um, right before the draft, just to kind of, you know, refresh and get my mind right and everything. So, uh, so really appreciate that. Uh, still, still holds up to this day, even though he recorded it prior to the 2021 season. So. Right. Isn't that crazy? I've, I've, I've had a lot of people tell that to me and I see it too. When I see uh, in the, I guess the show analytics, you know, it just pops up that it's still getting listened and it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I think that's, uh, you know, not even knowing it at the time, that would be a benefit that, you, you know, you can go back and, and, and still listen to those podcasts. It's just, there's just so many good things in there, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a great one. That was, yeah. that was an old timer for sure. That was an old timer for sure. I know. I know. We had a good time. We're going to have to, uh, I wish I had a chance to get that back up again this year, but yeah, um, put it so in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The podcast Hall of Fame. Put that one up there. Yep. Yep. The podcast Hall of Fame. This should be like, that would be a good idea. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe we Mount, should Mount Rushmore that. or something. Maybe yeah, we just yeah. yours and Phil's and Toby's <laughs> face on the on the one side of the, the Mount Rushmore. Just have like episodes that are like you know part of the best. Uh, you know, I have ones that are starred and saved. You know, just you know podcasts that have just like always resonated. You know, with me and you know I try to keep them saved and docked. Like you said, to go back and kind of listen to them if it holds true for you know not just play the talk for a specific week or play a talk for the year you know it's yeah i'm pretty sure you take notes certain pod, podcasts i know others dudes too but i uh i definitely save the link of the podcasts that that i really like go back um i, I usually document the minute mark of a particular right. uh you know topic that was covered um so that way if i you know go back and listen. I can go right there and, um, makes it super easy. So that's a great move. Super move right there. That's a vet, a veteran podcast move right there. Um, for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so, um, you mentioned you got some injuries. Is there something that you, that you have to deal with like dropping guys? Cause there's a couple of things right now that I'm dealing with, especially like Danny Jansen, man, that's going to be a tough one because like, I don't want to pick up Austin hedges. And yeah, he's, you know, yeah, and, and I don't want to carry three catchers. I don't know. I'm considering not picking up a catcher and just see if he can just maybe come back and miss just this next week too. But I don't know. I it, it it's still something I got to toss around in my head. But I feel like I don't want to drop him because I just love his skill set. I picked a lot of him this year, a lot of DCs, and a couple of Fab leagues. But um, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, he's the he's the catcher I have the most shares of this year. So it's gonna be nice. it's gonna be tough to drop him in you know 15 teamers when you're looking at you know guys like Austin Hedges and Austin Barnes and things like that. So I might I might hold on to him. I haven't decided yet. Um Ryan Jeffers is available in my main, so okay. I don't know. He might I don't know. We'll we'll see. But uh, I have uh AJ Pollock who went on the IL, um, Robbie mm-hmm. Grossman, Tommy Pham. Uh, both kind of day to day. Sounds like they'll be back this weekend, but um, yeah, just a couple injuries. So, damn, killed me this week on the uh, on a couple of teams. Like, yeah. I had enough of him, to, like in draft champions, where I didn't start him everywhere. You know, I had some, you know, borderline better options in some leagues. And some leagues, you know, I tried to. It's like when you diversify, like in drafts, I try to diversify in starting guys too. If I have like six of him and do, you know, in DCs, I try to like, all right, well, I don't know if he's going to play 
all the games or but I did definitely thought he was gonna play more than he did. But uh yeah, 0 for 15, not a good start, but uh, at least he has a steal. I know he started <laughs> off better when he got stabbed in the back. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, if he stopped going to strip clubs. Um yeah, but yeah, this is a this is a tough moment right now. You know, it's 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 just the first couple of weeks. I'm over, you know, everyone's like, Well, you're overreacting now. I don't consider it overreacting or underreacting. I just think it's natural reaction like i don't think there's any over or under to it it's just a reaction to assessing what's going on you know i'm trying not to take it too hard like i look down my you know my team my the uh, my team page and it's just a lot of tens and 13s <laughs> i'm just like right. all right <laughs> time for a new hobby you know i'm ready yeah. to hang it up uh but it's still early that's what i gotta you know myself i know last year in my main i was in third like 11th in week seven or eight and i ended up winning that league so you know just gotta just gotta keep keep plugging away you know i'm trying not to not to get like excited at all because i was actually i was ninth overall like a minute ago and i fell back yeah. to 10th i'm like it's it's the eighth day of the season ryan like, that's okay what are you Snap, doing? snapshot <laughs> the shit out of that man yeah yeah, that'll so, always that's still a great picture to always look at. You know, it doesn't matter what day it is. You you land one out of one. You're like, oh, one out of you know whatever it is. It, it, it's still a good time. You know. Yeah, they sure. like let's not let's not go crazy here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so real quick, how many fab league do you have in the NFC? I have six, if you include TGFBI. I have three online championships, a main and a main event qualifier. Cool. So, nice. Six fab leagues. I definitely um, a little overwhelmed this year. I, I overdid it um, for sure. I just, you know, started drafting in October and just kept drafting. And so yep. I have, I have 26 teams. Um, 20 of those are just draft and holds between the draft champions and the fifties. But um, yeah, I didn't realize how long it would take me to set my lineups and, and it's uh I definitely felt overwhelmed that first, that first Monday. I was like, man, this, <laughs> I'm going to have to I know. carve I out know. some time to, to really, uh, cause you want to like dive in, like, like you do these like Friday through Sunday pods and you focus on the weekend matchups and you really, you really want to dive in and make the mm-hmm. best decisions for your team. And, you know, obviously I'm going to put a little bit more focus on the main and, you know, the, the OCs, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's tough when you got 26 lineups and then you get a last minute injury news and you're like scrambling to get AJ Pollock out of your lineup. And yeah, yeah, so. you're right. It, it, it really is no joke. Last year I did about, uh, like six, six draft champions and this year is between the 50s and the draft champions, you know, like 15 and it's just way too much. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I overdid a, it. I'll definitely yeah. be scaling back next year. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I say that, but once you start drafting, you know, it's like the Pringles. You always, once you pop, you can't stop. So. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like, you know, it's all fun. And you're like, oh, I got to get another, you know, you, I want to get a team with this guy on it. And, um, you know, it just keeps going. And then, like you said, that Monday came and I was just like, what did I do? You know? <laughs> and then how often, like, do you join a draft just to try to get that guy? And then that guy goes, like, right before you're going to take him. Like that yeah. happens like every draft, doesn't it? It's like it's like you never never la- works in your right. favor like that. Right. And my last OC too, I specifically did it to try to get an like Robert, Luis Robert. 
And I was like, I saw where he was going, where his min was. It was like nine in the last, you know, 10 days or whatever, the last 50 drafts. And um, I plugged in, you know, I tried to focus on that time of the draft. I ended up getting fifth overall. And I was like, well, do I take him fifth overall? You know, and I, and I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. I can't, you know, I was like, I don't know. I, I should have just done it just, just because that was the reason I literally did the draft to get Robert and didn't draft Robert. So now I'm just like, that team is not happy about uh, the way it went down, but you know, early season, early season. So, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. So let's blast through some lineup stuff. Um, We'll go, um, we'll all go through all the series. I'm just going to highlight some of the series that have either three pitchers that are right-handers or um, some teams that are throwing two lefties, you know, just so we can like break down some of the um, platoons that we may be looking at for the weekend. Um, the first series I'm going to throw out is the Yankees traveling to the Orioles. The Yankees are throwing two lefties, um, Jordan Montgomery and Nestor Cortez. Um, the only note to have here is that Odor usually um, sits versus lefties. Um, Jorge Mateo, I don't know. He only had one game off versus lefties, but I don't know. Just uh, I know Ramon Urias has played every game, which was awesome to see when I saw the game log here. Um, so I think for like a draft champion, I'm definitely sitting. Odor um, and Mateo is, I don't know, kind of like a borderline starter set for me. Um, what do you think about the Orioles? You, um, I know you mentioned Urias when we were talking about before. Yeah, I, I picked up uh, Ramon Urias in my main this this week for uh, a few bucks unopposed. Nobody, nobody else bid, but uh, noticed he was um, playing some third base, um, playing, you know, second and short as well, um, playing every day and hitting like fifth, fifth or sixth. So, um, definitely was somebody that caught my eye. I do have uh, Justin Turner as my starter, kind of an injury-prone starter. So I um, wanted to get some backup for for him. And, and yeah. hopefully Urias adds that additional uh, eligibility soon. I like that. Um, I just pulled up the, the uh, small amount of plate appearances, but 88 plate appearances so far this year versus left-handed pitching. They have a 70 WRC plus, 35% K rate at the team versus lefties. Um, and batting 195. So um, they may struggle to get some offense uh, going against the Yankees. But, uh, you know, Cortez and Montgomery, pretty good pitchers in their own right. Um, he, Yankees really don't have too much going on. They're only facing one lefty, two righties. Um, Joey Gallo did sit versus the only left-handed pitcher they played this year. So maybe you only get, you know, two out of the three games with him. Um, interesting, I Again, one thing I saw on the lineup tracker that Judge and Rizzo have played every game so far this year. So may look at, you know, possibility of one of them, you know, getting a breather this weekend. But I think there's still full goes um, to start. Um, the Yankees pretty have a pretty healthy rotation going on with those nine guys for that, you know, those eight spots. Um, did, you, did you have any, like... Uh, I, I picked a lot of Glaber Torres in the early part of draft champions when he was like 170, 180 range. And I just thought it was like great deals. And um, I was a little worried seeing his, you know, playing time possibly suffer a little bit, but they seem like they, they're going to get everyone a chance to get in and out of the lineup. But that was the only game he missed was opening day. So. Um, yeah. I don't have too many Yankees. Um, 
uh, I think a couple Rizzo. Um, for some reason, like in October when I first started drafting, I was drafting Kiner Falefa. Um, oh, yeah. I think our first draft, because uh, I, I did my first draft with you and a bunch of his buddies, and we did one of those 12 team 50s. And I think yep. I took Kiner Falefa in like round like 20 in like a 12 team. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at that the other day. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, what an idiot. Like, <laughs> but, um, so you want to put yourself in that position again, right? Like, what was I uh, thinking at the time? Right. Yeah. Right. Probably took him over like Saya Suzuki or something, something like that. Oh, <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. I don't, I don't even look at the teams. Like, uh, man, I just, I guess, you know, because it's so risky because you didn't know if he was actually going to gut it out and 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 sign here right you know it's, it's, right, it's right. that it, there comes a point where who knows like you just said that ah, you know what the hell with these these americans striking to play baseball you know i'm going back home you know so yeah but, uh, at that point ikf was still in the rangers you know so mm-hmm. right nah, absolutely <laughs> i just nah, laugh at it's, myself it's gonna work out for you it's gonna work out for you <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's go over to the Boston Minnesota series. Um, both teams are throwing out three righties: Pavetta, Halk, Walker, Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, Bailey, Ober. Um, these teams this year versus right-hand pitching. Um, again, small sample sizes, but just thought it'd be good to bring it up. Um, let's see. Boston here has 147 plate appearances versus righty. Low K rate, 18% K rate as a team, um, 215 average, 83 WRC plus. And the Twinsies are even worse, WRC plus, 73% in 102 at-bats with a 30% K rate, only 6% walk rate, 172 average. So, Definitely struggling versus righties. Um, I'm worried about for the Red Sox, Dahlbeck losing a game to, you know, Travis Shaw. This is one of those where you, you just wonder why it's not necessary, you know, like when you just see the right. box score and you see Travis Shaw starting. But um, Jackie Bradley Jr., this is, again, one of those draft champion plays where if you got him on your roster, this is the weekend you want to play him. He's mostly in the lineup versus right-handed pitching. So, um, you want to get him in there. Um, Christian Arroyo has not started one game versus righty, so he's probably not a guy that um, you consider starting. But I like JBJ for DC. And on the twin side, um, you know, um, Kirloff's out. Um, Larnock is back in. So I think Mice might even help Luis Arias get into the lineup even more um, than he was before because he's only played, I think, three out of the six games that they've had. Um, but this is the time where he definitely plays anyway versus righties. But uh, I think a sneaky possible good start again in a draft champions league. If you have Nick Gordon, might be a decent time to get him in. Yeah, I have uh, Nick Gordon in the Rotowire staff keeper league, the 18 team, really super deep. Um, picked him up in the reserve rounds for, you know, where, where you're not the auction's over and you're just basically drafting guys. So, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, he's really fast. Hopefully he can pitch in some speed. So right. Yep. Definitely like that for sure. Um what about Boston? You is is Dahlback a start no matter what, even if he gets two out of three starts for you, like in a in a fab league where maybe if you have, you know, backups, is he is he the type of guy right now that's like a must start if you have him on your team? I love him, so I probably am starting him, but yeah. um <laughs> You know, be, I'd have to be like, I mean, I'm trying to be like smart about things, right? Like if I have like a, 
you know, a decent alternative. Um, I don't know, say like, uh, I can't even think of like, no, I'm starting Dalbeck. You're starting <laughs> but, him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting yeah. him. Yeah, I, I, I have I, I have him in a league, and um, I'm I'm worried about one game set, but uh, I still think he, you know, the he weekend you bench him, the weekend is the weekend he's going to hit like three home runs. Right, right. Keep him in there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what I mean, um, on the twin side too, like uh, I, I, I think if if you got a guy like Trevor Larnack, um, you know, it, he might even be worth a shot to. To fab, um, you know, he didn't get off to a great start in the minors, but I, I I've always liked his bat. Um, you know, sure, but uh, I'd see a guy like Gio Seller going against three righties. I never, I don't really like him anyway, but um, I think it's time to put him on the bench. Um, all right, let's move over to the Indians versus uh, the Guardians. Sorry, the um, Playing at home versus the Giants, the Indian, the Guardians are throwing out three righties and please that Quantrill, Savale, the Giants are throwing out two lefties, Rodon and Alex Wood. This is definitely good news for the Giant lefties, um, including Brandon Belt, Jock Peterson and Ruff. They should probably get in all three games and um, Stephen Duggars. This is uh, when he usually gets into games as well. Um on the giant side, uh, facing the two lefties, this hurts Andre Jimenez. He has not played versus um, left-handed pitching. He hasn't started. He's gotten into a couple games after the fact, but I don't know. Maybe he sits. I don't know if he sits both of these games, but definitely gonna sit one. I would guess. Um, Ernie Clement subs in. Uh, I know he's gonna be a hot pickup because of how hot he is, but. Um, got a 571 Babbitt right now and I don't think that's uh gonna carry through for the rest of the season um any any giant or Indians um Indians again I'm never gonna stop saying it I can't anyway any I'm, I mean I'm a Clevelander and I still say it so do you okay yeah right. yeah right. um I gotta get I mean back. I like the Giants uh you mentioned uh all, you know Jock and and, and Belt Ruff uh Duggar um uh, they all avoid Bieber and McKenzie this weekend, they get the, you know, the, the better matchups against police at Quantrill and Savale who are certainly uh Homer prone. So mm-hmm. um, maybe the uh, uh, Giants rotation um, on the flip side, will be able to slow down uh, the guardians bats. Um, Is that crazy though? Like uh, I, again, small samples, of course, but 49 plate appearances, the Indians have versus left-handed pitching. 16% K walk, which uh, K percent was league versus lefties, uh, 190 WRC plus, um, 324 average. They are just, I mean, 400 bad as a team, but still, as a it's just it's awesome. They they got a lot of you know, bat bat tool guys, I guess, you know, the guys that are just putting the just putting the bat in the ball, too. And uh, I love Rosario, um, he was one of my bigger targets to start the season in the draft season. And um, it's good to see that they, I just think the outfield thing will play with his head. The more and more they try him out there. Like he had that one game and I, I was just like, why, just why, you know, I get it. I watched, I watched them both in New York and I get it that that Jimenez is a gold glove type of shortstop, but he could be a gold glove second baseman too, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it, that, you know, opening day, he, uh, it was windy in Kansas City, but he he was playing left field, and 
just completely botched a fly ball. Um, you know, it wasn't even like close, like the ball hung up there for like, it seemed like 10 seconds and it wasn't even close. So yeah. Um, Guardians, I mean, the top of their lineup's really, really tough. I mean, they're tough outs like Miles Straw, Jose Ramirez, really, really patient. Um, Stephen Kwan, if he sticks in the two hole, good, good eye, really patient. So um, they're gonna they're gonna work the starting pitchers for sure. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's for sure. Um, and again, on the Giant side, uh, they'll be facing the three righties, and they they have 152 plate appearances as a team versus righties. What a 128 fourth in the league. What a 128. WRC plus um, high K rate, but high walk rate too. So even they roll out like just guys like Jastrzemski and, and Ruff and Jock and they just, uh, they're hitting. And uh, Tyro Estrada is uh, my new favorite. One of my new favorite players. Um, he's playing every day. Uh is going to be out a little more than I think we anticipated. And um, in the off season, he became a vegetarian. So he's definitely on my team. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Yastrzemski, especially uh, he's let off um, every game against right-handers, um, 851 OPS against righties for his career. So um, he's definitely somebody I would, I would get in your lineups this weekend. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. And even though, uh, you know, Wilmer Flores is kind of one of those bubble guys where they might, you know, sit in, but one game, two games, but um, just, He's one of those guys too at this time of the year when you're just trying to get at bats and he plays in multiple spots where you most likely end up, you know, trying to plug him in somewhere. Um, at least how I feel about Wilmer. Uh, a lot of ex-Mets we're talking about. So just just call me out on that and say stop talking about Mets Rob. Um, Being a homer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll go to Colorado. They got three games at Colorado. Um, versus the Cubbies, um, who are rolling out Stroman, Keegan Thompson, and Drew Smiley. Um, yeah, so this is, you know, obviously those series that everyone loves, plug in everyone who's traveling there. Um, it's pretty much where everyone is is, is in line to play. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, Garrett Hampson has only gotten into two out of the six games um, so far this year. So he's probably a guy that, even though uh, it's in Colorado and you probably drafted him at a decent, you know, price in a DC or maybe in a fab league, I'm probably not playing him. Um, Randall Gritchuk too. He's only played four out of six games. I thought he was pretty much going to be an everyday player, but um, Cron, Chris Bryant, Rogers, and Connor Joe have been the only guys that played um, every game for the Rockies, which I'm really happy and surprised for, for um, Connor Joe. Um you know, I, I was hoping that he was going to get some everyday run. I got him on a good amount of teams, but um, it's good to see that they're that they're trusting what he did in the second half and giving him some um, some some good playing time, especially over Hilliard, who's only played one game so far. Yeah, I have a little bit of FOMO not not getting him. I don't think I have him on a single team. Uh, I did bid on him in a few leagues uh, this weekend, but uh, didn't get him. But yeah, he's off to a great start. Two homers already. Um, yeah, he's, he's leading off. Uh, yeah, leading off. Yeah, it's, it's uh, good to see. Good to see. It's just one of those things when you have a Rocky on a weekend series. Like, are you always playing your Rockies when they're at home? Probably. I think um, early in the season, I think the 
I don't have the exact numbers or anything or haven't researched it too much, but I, I want to say like the early season, it's, it's not as Colorado, uh, right? Yeah. Yes, Colorado. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not like the weather. summer where the ball is mm-hmm. flying all over the place, but good point. Um, yeah. I'm still, I'm still probably starting the main, the, at least the main guys. Right. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On the Cubby side, um, Jonathan VR has only started three out of six games. Definitely not as much as I thought and definitely not as much as, the drafters who drafted him at like 170, 180 and made events, you know, we're hoping for. Um, but uh, they face one lefty. So, you know, you'll get Rafael Ortega sitting that game for sure, but he'll still, still be in line for two game weekend um, and probably get more looks for uh, Clint Frazier and Patrick Wisdom versus the lefty. They usually tend to get in versus lefties. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting team, the Cubbies, we mentioned, Suzuki, I think he's um, him and Hap are gonna cause some trouble this year in the middle of the lineup, and I think he'll be batting cleanup before before we know. He's already inched up from sixth to fifth. Suzuki, I'm guessing they just gave him a little little uh, time to you know get acclimated, not put too much pressure, bat him third. But uh, yeah, has been hitting fourth against the righties, so um, you know he'll be probably there twice this weekend. Um, and he's hitting eighth first lefties. I know. There's um, no reason for that, though. Just yeah. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Just keep him like five, six, eight. Is just mm-hmm. eight. You're just treating him like a shem. I don't know. I think he's <laughs> way better than that. But what are you going to do? Um, yeah. Right, he's up to up. a great start this season, no, too. I mean, he didn't is. even strike out till his like 13th plate appearance this year. So, I mean, good to of, of course, it was, a, it was a game where he struck out three times before against Pittsburgh, but, <laughs> but uh yeah he's got good uh good splits lifetime splits against the marquez sensatella uh so yeah it's definitely someone to get in there yep absolutely totally agree um let's move over to the the, the rays traveling to the white Sox. um three three righties for each team cease kopech Vinny v Vinny velasquez and rasmussen kluber Tommy Romero. Um, I like this for your, you know, your uh, Gavin Sheets um, teams. If you have Gavin Sheets anywhere, he has started versus all three right-handed pitchers. Um, same thing with Laurie Garcia. He's um, only gotten in versus righties. I know uh, Josh Harrison and Laurie Jimenez are a little banged up. Um, the one guy who would be tough if you have um, is Andrew Vaughn. He has sat um, one of three games versus right-handed pitcher, but he's been hitting the ball pretty well to start the season. So you may want to, you know, I don't know, probably up in the air to take your chance and uh, see if he gets in for at least two of the games this weekend. Um, on the on the race side, you know, Rosarena usually sits every now and then versus righty. He sat once against uh, five right-handed pitchers this year. You know, he's still going to roll him out. Um, Troy starts all the time versus righty, so he's a start. Because your borderline guys are like a Yandy Diaz, uh, who's played three or five versus righties. Uh, but because of that multi eligibility, um, you you know probably still consider him in a draft champions league. Manny Margot is just frustrating. I just want more of him in my life. You know, I just feel like he's a guy that just needs just a little more run. You know, he, he's also only played started three or five versus righties. Um, I guess your Tyler Walls is like if you're desperate, um, multi eligibility play draft champions, 
probably only going to get in for like maybe five or six plate appearances this weekend. But if you have no other guys, um, you know, you could do worse. Um, anybody from this series that pops off to you? Yeah, G-Man Choi um, stands out um, against the right-handers. He's been hitting third or fourth against mm-hmm. righties this year. Um, granted, you know, one of them will, will be against Cease, but um, he's up, he's hitting like 500 this year. A um, couple homers. Um, I mean, it's great spot in the lineup against righties. So, right. um, yeah, he's definitely somebody I would consider streaming for the weekend. Right. Yeah, but um, he's always a good solid choice against those righties. Um, the uh, Rays are pretty solid versus righties this year so far. One hundred and sixty-four plate appearances, one thirty WRC plus. Uh, hard to put down to with a twenty-one percent K rate. White Sox too; they don't strike out at all versus righties. Seventeen and a half percent K rates, only six percent walk rate. Um, low WRC plus. There's a little top-heavy, I think, in their in their offense right now. Oh, a little less vaunted, I think, than than everyone claims them to be maybe. And um, I think that, I don't know. I think part of me just think that Eloy is just very overhyped. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't draft him anywhere this year. Um, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. So, um, you know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll heat up at some point, but I don't know. Yeah. I know. That rookie, yeah. that rookie year seems kind of like, kind of like an outlier. But I don't know. The, the short season, the 2020 was really good. And then just last year, it just wasn't after the injury. So right. maybe it just takes him some time to just, just heal up and get right. So, yeah. It, and not only physically, but emotionally, if I'm looking like a fool trying to catch that ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah. So I think the White Sox want, I think Timmy Anderson will help them get a little reach rejuvenated well he's he's been rocking and rolling since he came back in the lineup um and robert i've had didn't draft enough of him he looks like he's just gonna be the mvp well yeah 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 yeah, he's he's such a good player um yeah i was i you know I, i drafted him several times and then towards the end of draft season i was like you know what maybe this maybe this guy is just gonna just gonna not not break out this year. I was like, eh, I'm just, maybe oh, he'll be yeah. like lost. Yeah, you put and, the brakes on. Yeah, whoops, <laughs> whoops. Yeah, I think that um, especially hearing him talk like um, uh, once spring training started, and he was like, yeah, he goes, I wasn't running like I was running half speed last year. Like, I'm re- I'm ready to run this year, and I was like, oh boy. He's already four steals and 21 yeah. plate appearances. That's I know. It. <laughs> I know. Because that's the thing. Like, you take this, his, whatever his stolen base projection was, which was, I think, in a 12, 15 area, right? But I think everyone kind of under projected that because he didn't run last year when he came back. So I think uh, when he pops off the first 40 40 we've seen in a long time, people are going to be, uh, he definitely has. He's like one of the guys that, you know, on that back end of the first round or that can be the number one pick next year for sure. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, when's the next draft for next when's the second chance draft start? Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like ready good. for that. <laughs> ready. <laughs> get my Tyler McGill and anyone I didn't get enough. <laughs> second of round them. Tyler McGill. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. 
All right. Um, let's see. What do we have here? Um, Tiger's traveling to KC. Tigers have thrown two lefties. What's interesting is that the Royals have not faced a lefty yet, um, which is interesting. But also, too, they've had the same lineup for five out of the six games. So um, the only difference in one game was that Hunter Dozier um, took, a, took, took a game off and Cam Gallagher caught and Sal Perez dh but otherwise um all nine guys have been in the lineup and in the same spot except for the game that Dozier didn't play everyone moved up one from the sixth spot on so pretty interesting so now they're facing two lefties we kind of don't know what they're gonna do um is this like a spot for them to sit nikki lopez and get someone else some time in the infield i don't know um, ben Attendi, uh, if he loses the game, throw like a Kyle Isbell, but he's still a must start for me everywhere. And, um, you know, you got your guy like Carl Santana, who everyone feels like should get a day off, but I think he's gonna stay in the lineup the whole time. He should just platoon him against lefties. He's yeah, he's been terrible against righties the past couple of years. He's, he has been he's right? off Maybe. to a terrible start this year. He's one for 19 or one for 16 with 19 plate appearances. So yeah, yeah he, and he he's still a guy. It's just like uh, he's on like a lot of my teams as a depth play and like a depth. Oh, mine too. Guy, he was, right? he was just, so so cheap in drafts and so was... cheap. He's like he's got to yeah. come back some somewhat, you know, and be effective. So and it's funny too. You draft those guys to play that part, and then you you just still can't stay away from starting them because uh, you know he plays. That's the thing. You you're thinking it's the plate appearance game, but. He's got to do a little better than that. So, yeah, are you thinking, like, maybe they put Dozier in for a little first base action, get him over yeah. there? Yeah. 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 Be nice. I, I mean, I wish they gave more run to Kyle Isbell. That kid deserves it. He's he's just – he retooled the swing. He had a great spring. Um, I know. You just can't crack the lineup. I mean, they're they're just so stacked every, everywhere else. So They are. They are. And they have uh, another one of my D.C. favorites in um, MAT, Michael A. Taylor who's yep, just uh, such a sneaky, good 15-15 guy that was going in the 400 ADPs. You know, it was just like he was a he was a smash every time I got to that portion of the draft. It's like he's, oh, a, yeah. you know, perfect good defensively, so you know he's yep. going to play. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why it's tough for a lot of these younger guys to come in and crack that lineup because the contracts or defense, um, but, you know, they got a plethora of guys that, you know, Prado and um, – Pasquantino and Melendez, everyone's you know clamoring for them to come up and uh and get some ABs, but uh yeah, Melendez, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, on the Detroit side, let's see, they're facing only one lefty, they're facing Keller Bubich and Carlos Hernandez. Uh, you know, Austin Meadows sat versus the only lefty they faced this year, so uh, maybe play two games. I don't know, he looks like maybe he's experiencing the um getting out of the uh the the Tampa Bay background too, like Adames, he's hitting the ball pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned Robbie Grossman is hurt. Um, so this is when Victor Reyes reels you back in, you know, like he always does for me, at least. All he needs is two games for him to go like two for four each game with a triple and a homer. And I'm ready to fab the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah. We uh, just had a note on and Grossman and Roadwire um, says he hopes to return to the lineup Friday. So. Okay. All right. Hopes. All right. I'll take a hope. Yeah. We'll take a hope. Um, let's see. Uh, Kiel Badu actually played against the one lefty that they faced this year, which is 
pretty surprising, but um, he's also a guy too. I think if Riley Green was around, um, Badu would be not that playing. That was such a bummer, man. It like, was. I was so excited about right? Riley Green. He started drafting them, and yeah, it's tough. Right, I know because that was uh, you know, listening to James Anderson in the off season, just like he was. Yeah, no, this guy's gonna be playing right from the get go, and he's gonna be really effective. You know, got me like really reeled in because you know James is so so realistic with his prospects. You know, and he knows them so well, but he also doesn't go crazy about them and for redraft season. And so to hear him excited about a prospect for redraft, it's like okay, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, you, he's, yeah, he's really good about being real about him. And and I'll never forget like the year it was 2018 when I finished um, in the overall in the online championship. Um, you know, it was the Juan Soto. He was he was hyping him up like he's going to be great. You know, pick him up. And you know, I credit I credit James for that pickup. So when James talks certain prospects and says, yeah. Um, this guy's going to play. He's going to be, he's going to be a threat. I mean, you listen. Um, Absolutely. I, yeah. So, I mean, interesting I, to see when Riley green debuts. Um, hopefully they don't, they don't rush him too quick, but. Yeah, I know. But I think he'll get right back in there and uh, smash it like he, like he was. And I think at that point, a kill Badu is going to be, uh, you know, not in a good spot for PT you now for sure. Um, yeah. All right, let's see what we got here. Dodgers at home versus the Reds. Um, Dodgers throwing two lefties, Reds throwing three righties. Uh, one thing I noted is like, you know, Will Smith, he's played four of six games. Do you expect him to play more? And everyone wants more out of him, you know. Um, do you think he should play more than that? Get more of the DH run or more as a catcher? I just feel like. I mean, it's early. It right? is, right? Like, it's still, still like day eight of the season so. i know i know true, true i mean that. yes yes as you know the consensus third catcher yeah you want him to be in there every day but um, yeah hey, i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they'll they'll give him plenty of run this year um edwin rios i think everyone was like ready to dive all in on edwin rios again he's only started <laughs> one game and he showed that he will be a non-factor during the season. Um, so yeah. even, even, you know, got three righties here. Uh, this is the chance to get in. I won't, you know, won't start him in the one DC. I have him as my fourth first baseman. He's, uh, I just took a look at that. And even with like a, a you know, possibility for some power, it doesn't, I thought he would play a little more, uh, especially. I'm not even starting him in my, in the Rotowire 18 team league. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I even I I uh, bid on him during the auction, and everyone's like, "Oh man, like uh, great, great pick." <laughs> yeah, great pick. Yeah, considering dropping him, you know, by week yeah. two. So, no, I mean, uh, you know, fantasy Twitter was all ready for it, and uh, yeah, nothing, nothing happened. Um, on the flip side, the red facing two lefties, um, one Julio Urias and Andrew Heaney. Urias is definitely. Definitely cause for concern right now with that below drop and the movement changes. Um, you know, hopefully he'll get back on on track to um, to to, to uh, the rest of the season. But um, not good for your Tyler Naquin um, shares. He usually sits for his lefties. Um, they only played. They only uh, faced one lefty starter this year, and he took off. So, but that was opening day. Um, 
see what happened. I Jim think Flaherty. that'll depend on whether Fam's Bam. back in the lineup and Senzel's back in the lineup. Right. So right. You know, but if he does play against the lefty, he'll be probably lower in the orders. Right. Yep. I think I think that nothing makes sense. Jake Fraley's in that same boat too, where um, you know, like if they're uh if Sendell and Fam are ready to rock, the Naquin and Fraley might lose a game, maybe even two. Um, see what else. Maybe this is your um, chance to start in the D.C. Uh, Aquino, if you have him. You know, this might be his uh, weekend where he gets two two games and gets to smash a homer for you. Um, the only other note is I think they mentioned that they would, you know, playing Brandon Drury versus lefties at third base and Moose moves to DH, but I don't think you have Brandon Drury anywhere and probably shouldn't. So, <laughs> yeah, Kino's been hitting second against lefties too. So, um, right. Always the the risk of the golden sombrero, which he's done twice already in his four games. But, um, wow, what? That's, that's wild. Twice, yeah. yeah. Wow, poor kid. <laughs> Just yeah, like not, go hang. Not the best big league hitter. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right. That's for sure. Oh man! All right, let's move on to. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, who else facing two lefties? The Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, Washington Nationals are traveling there. They're facing two lefties: Patrick Corbin and Josh Rogers. Uh, I guess this is. Um, not good for Daniel Vogelbach. He sat versus the two lefties so far. So it's Hoy Park. Um, Diego Castillo gets a chance to get in there versus lefties. He's been absolutely hot for the spring training and into the season. And, um, you know, I guess keep your eye on your Matt, uh, your Ben Gamble. Um, he sat once versus the two lefties, but uh, another guy having a bunch of draft champions where um, looking to start him you know, as much as I can, because he should be playing every day, at least. Yeah, I, uh, so you got the Pirates and Nationals series, right? That's, yeah, you were saying uh, Miami, or, oh, sorry. Yeah, Pirates got the Nationals this weekend, yeah. I like uh, Michael Chavis um, from Pittsburgh. He's been playing against Mm. uh, lefties this year, hitting third against them, gets two um, not very good ones in Josh Rogers, Patrick Corbin. Um, one of those early, like, uh, early season lines, you kind of just kind of marvel at. He's already got two walks in 10 plate appearances this year after walking just once last year in 142 player appearances. Wow. So, perhaps, uh, yeah, perhaps, Jay, I mean, he was, uh, you know, kind of one of those more talked about prospects when he was with Boston. So, Maybe he's kind of like the lefty master in the lineup uh, for Pittsburgh. I like that. That's a good call right there. So maybe, you know, trying to be a little more patient, a little more, a little more uh, choice with his swings. So, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. They just have a bunch of guys, right? That just, you know, they have the Cole Tuckers and the, um, you know, the Josh Van Meter was not like he was one when they, you know, when they got him, I was like, why? And like, you already have so many of those type of guys already, you know? And um, I guess that was probably too, like, I had Castillo and some uh, draft champions, and I was just like, you better not clog it up for him. 
Right, right. Yeah. I was trying to look at how many lefties are in that in that NL Central division. Um, looks like, I mean, Justin Steele and Drew Smiley on the Cubs. Um, Lodolo, Reaver San Martin on the, on the Reds. So, I mean, there's opportunity. There'll be some opportunities for them. Yep. You know, just kind of a streamer. Yep. Ashby Absolutely. and Lauer from Milwaukee. Right. Another couple of them, so. Yeah. Good, healthy amount of lefties in that division. For sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. What else do we got here we can look at? Three righties for the Braves heading to San Diego. Um, this is not going to be good for your Hassan Kim, who has sat all five games versus righty with CJ Abrams stepping in to start there. Just surprised that they still that that that's a straight platoon and he's not bouncing around anywhere else, Kim, you know. Like they don't use that opportunity to maybe put him at second and Cronenworth to bounce around. It's just a straight up platoon with those two. I thought they would try to get Kim in a little more um, together. Yeah, same, same. Right? Especially after he had a nice spring. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. spring doesn't mean everything, but um, no. But the first yeah, game too, he that's... came out, stole a base, right? You know, had a nice play. Right. And, yeah. Abrams uh, uh, hit his first home run tonight. Big league home run. Yeah, yeah, he's uh. It's, it's interesting to see what they're going to do when, like, Tatis comes back, right? You know, like, is yeah. he still going to stick around? Um, you know, who, who knows? He, he might not even be around by the time when he comes back. He might, you know, he can go into one of those uh, holes where, you know, they figure he could send them back and it'll be beneficial for him. Um, but uh, who knows, you know? Um, yeah. Who else? The quick healer. I'm, I'm curious uh, how – how much he'll try to like push it like and just say like hey i'm good i was good last year i proved it let me back in there you know as quickly know. as possible right yeah yeah because i mean it's an interesting offense too it's like they still have yeah, some boy. decent hitters but it's like a, a lot to be desired i guess in some ways without top teeth in there but yeah, good week for Trent Grisham who's been leading off first righties. I've I've never been a big fan of Trent Grisham. But we'll see. Maybe he'll turn it on this week against the the favorable matchups for him. Yeah, absolutely. It's a chance to get him in there for sure. Um, the other another notable is maybe Profar. He might have a tendency to maybe sit versus a couple of righties. Um, the only games he's had to share were versus righties, but uh, yeah, I heard there were triple digit bids on him this week this weekend. That was crazy. That was crazy to see. Who was who was the who was the guy last year that everyone went crazy about in the the first week? Was that uh, who was that? Oh, it was Tyler Naquin. Yeah, um, who had a good season at least. Uh, yeah, but, right. Um, yeah, I was. I, I thought there was somebody else too, or I was just like, why? Why are we doing this like this? <laughs> I can't remember this week or last year. It was last year. Yeah, there was like a couple guys in the opening week, and Naquin was one of them. Um, I'm just just 11 o'clock Eastern time is is normally past my bedtime, so my brain's not (laughs) functioning properly. So, no, hold on. I I have I have I have the sheet from last year that actually me and Todd were kind of looking at when we did the main event review, um, the other day. Uh, let's see, let's see. 
shit last week and in, in in the first full week of fab your min mercedes went for a max of 375 that's who it was yep yeah. that's exactly who it was yeah max of 375 um with an average bit of uh average winning bit of 115 yeah wow. <laughs> he had he had 15 <laughs> 15 winning bids over 100 bucks uh, last year yeah yeah very it's a, it's a very interesting list of names. So the most added guys were Julian Merriweather, Chris Davinsky, Cesar Valdez, Wade Davis, Kyle Isbell, <laughs> Astrubo Cabrera, Sergio Romo, oh God, Kevin Hinkle, Nomar Mazzara. <laughs> These guys are like out like, of baseball. <laughs> yeah, like none of those guys are good. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's uh Brian Garcia for a max of 188. I don't even know what oh team Brian Garcia was on. He's the Tigers. Uh, he's he the got to save for the Tigers. Got to save. Got to save 188. Yeah, he's oh in the my. I think he's in the minors. I don't even think he broke camp this year. Daniel Ponce de Leon went for 227. Jeez, man, this is fun to go look back at. I t- I, I tell you, it's uh. Get a bunch of good laughs for sure. You know, this, yeah. and some of them of my own ads that I that I laughed at for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, oh man. All right, let's see a couple more series here to hit. Um, Houston is traveling to Seattle. They are also throwing three righties at Seattle. This is good for you, Jesse Winker, Adam Frazier. Um, Good to see Abraham Toro play three out of the last four games, you know, even let off one of the games. Um, That's your boy. I know. I was happy. I was really happy uh, where I was grabbing him and, you know, in draft champions. And you know, I just like the versatility. I love the skill set and, you know, just been smashed by them getting Suarez. And, uh, you know, I think the ultimate – ultimate good ending for him is Kalanick getting sent back down and him getting some yep. run, you know, yep. because, uh, you know, what a great trade for the, for the, for the Mariners. I mean, they just, that was the Graveman trade. Right. And like a couple months of Graveman for the Astros and they just gave up Toro who's that everyone lost them. You know, definitely got over. some potential. So, yeah. Also a great trade for the New York Mets when they got Edwin Diaz for Derek Helmick. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The Mets are still sure. winning that deal, everyone. Nothing's <laughs> happened yet. The guy's hitting 170 in his career. But anyway, well, Kelnick hit a bomb today. So he did, right? I saw. I saw 114 off the bat. All right, listen. Yeah, it's Whatever the glimmer of hope. He stole a base too, I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. This is expected, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, J Rod's, uh, uh, you know, struggling a little bit too. Um, he is. It makes up for so, with, with them hustle plays and with his, his speed. You know, I see him trying to get out there and steal a couple bags. And um, but it's yep. gonna be interesting to see what happens if they both continue to struggle a lot. You know, if it's that one down, both down, uh, people say that guy think Kelnick down. Uh, if, if he continues to hit under one hundred with a forty percent strikeout rate, he will get sent down. You know. Yeah. Uh, yep. Who knows? But um, let's see for the. For the Astros side, um, they're facing one lefty. Um, it's the only, only thing they got really going on with some platoon is um, Jose Siri and, and and Chaz out there. Again, Jose Siri, another guy, went for a lot of money in main events, um, a lot of money for a platoon bat. But you definitely see the potential there. But, um, you know, um, I know Dusty yeah, for likes sure. to, uh, yeah. 
my, yeah, last year in the minor struck out a ton, but uh, 16 homers, 24 steals, only caught three times. So, yeah, that's that's certainly an exciting profile. And he's already homered and stole a base for the Astros this year. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, um, he was popular on the wire this week. And um, I don't know the timeline for Meyer coming back. I haven't looked at that in a while. I haven't heard any news on him. Uh, I know he, he could probably clog, clog up that outfield a little bit too. Cause he was good last year as well. Um, I think. Um, and of course, everyone's still wondering why Kyle Tucker is batting fifth and sixth and line up the poor guy. Can't make it yeah. up there. Our note on uh, Jake Myers shoulder surgery in November isn't expected to re- be ready to play until at least May. So okay. I figure probably June, July, yep. maybe. Yeah. After rehab and stuff. All right. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Let's move on to um, see the Angels traveling to the Rangers. They're both throwing two lefties on the mound, Tyler Hearn and Martin Perez and Reed Detmers and Jose Suarez. Um, this is not good for your Brad Miller shares. He usually sits first lefty. So there's Willie Calhoun. Um, and uh, Nate Lowe, who surprisingly sat versus one lefty, kind of thought he was going to be um, definitely an everyday guy, but you know, maybe one game isn't isn't everything. But they're like getting Abanez out there for sure. Um, but you know, sucks when Brad Miller doesn't get to play, right? Yeah, he actually drafted <laughs> them in the in the main and and started them for his yeah. couple homers. So I was pretty pretty happy about that. Yeah, he smashes the ball, man. He's a good hitter. You know, I watched him a lot last year being on the um on the Phillies and watching Met games. And um he's a threat, you know, the sneaky little threat with the bat, sure. Um let's see with the Angels. Um you got your your uh, Tyler Wade and your Jose Rojas that always sit versus lefties and um you know Matt Duffy, that's when he usually sneaks in and bats clean up because this clean is clean up Matt Duffy, yeah. <laughs> The Matt Duffy and actually, what's his name? Bad to clean up twice already so far this year. Jack Mayfield. I just don't understand that. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. You have Otani, Trout, Rendon, <laughs> and then you follow it up with hammerheads batting fourth. I just don't. Oh my god! It really, it's just wild. It's like Joe Madden right there, but uh, I don't know. Really, really wild. Um. So I, I, I think Taylor Ward's on his way back, and Madden already said he's going to be an everyday player. So I guess that pushes Marsh and Odell into a straight platoon, you know? Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. But Okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. you say. Yeah, chill, I know. Chill, man. I know. Really wild. Really wild. Um, all right, let's see. One more series that I wanted to hit was the uh, Oakland Athletics traveling to – to the Blue Jays, they're throwing three righties versus the Blue Jays. Um, you got the Oscar out, Danny Jansen out. Um, so I guess we'll see some more Tapia um, involved, especially since he likes, you know, they like to get him in versus righties. You got uh, our boy Santiago Espinal, um, who's hot, smashing the ball, the uh, best shape of his life. is uh, definitely coming into fruition for him. Um, but in the outfield, I don't know, do we – do we see a little Bradley Zimmer? I think so. He's. He, I think he played today or started today. I think Tappy was in the lineup. Too. Yeah. Um, 
I can't remember, but yeah, the, the Tiascar injury, you know, will open the door for both of them. Um, I have to imagine um, Kevin Beggio maybe get some more, more, more run. So I uh, just love Espinel, man. He is, you know, absolutely. Man. Yeah. I, yeah. I love him too. I love the way I gotta, I have to tell everyone the story. So, you know, I'm trying to be, <laughs> trying to be a little bit more savvy this year. And I'm looking at, you know, the savant pages and the player breakdowns. Like this is a whole new like world for me. Um, so I'm looking and, and Espinal was somebody I drafted like a ton of in DCs. So I'm looking at his first game of the season to see um, it's the two hardest hit balls of his career. So I'm, I'm texting uh, Rob. I'm like, yeah, man, check this out. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I already sent this to Phil yesterday. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, I'm trying to like share this like amazing, like revelation with, with, with my boy. And he's, he's like already on it. Like, like yesterday. So I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> Listen, those player breakdowns on, on, I mean, it could make box score hunting like a, like a long time. Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> like I, I try to get into a good rhythm, you know, like it doesn't have all the things I like to see in a box score. So I have the game day. Usually I flip through the game day and the savant, you know, like, cause I like to look at pitches thrown, um, you know, balls and strikes, um, you know, steals, which is something like they got to make a column for steals, you know, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, that's a notable omission there. Just yeah. have it all. I just want a one-stop shop, man. Maybe, maybe we should make like we should just make like the ultimate box score, you know, that yeah. has everything that people want to see on one snapshot. But the, yeah, the player breakdown the nuts. I'm trying to get better at reading the pitching ones, you know. Um, had a couple of uh, you know people point out things in tweets about you know the the vertical breaks and the horizontal breaks and, you know, as opposed to the speed uh, the velo changes and how that alters the movement too. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand that more because sometimes I'm just, you know, I really want to, I really want to understand them the best I can, especially for the pitching. There's just so much, you know, but uh, I like to look at the box score. Then I'll look at exit velo and just look at the top, you know, top, top hit balls. And, um, yeah, and I'll head over to the pitching side and try to decipher, you know, what what's good up, like who's losing speed, who's getting more drop on their off-speed pitches, who's getting rise on their fastballs, like all that stuff. And, yeah, it turned like I used to just, br- like, pound through the box scores. Now it's not like that anymore. It's pretty it's pretty incredible, like the, it is. the amount of data that's at our disposal. It's right? Just, it's unreal, yeah. I can't wait until they incorporate like bat speed. Yeah, like that that'd be it, so you know? cool. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's definitely the next thing that's gonna happen. You know, super, super, super excited about that. Um, Let's wait right. for Phil to put it in his algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We're the first guy to have something ready for that for sure. Um, anything Hilarity else you want to hit up on the lineup trackers before we head on to talk about some arm barns? No, let's arm move on. Barns. All right, cool. Um, so let's bring up some arm barns that you want to dive into, like that you've been looking at. I know if everyone doesn't know that Ryan, um, controls the closer charts on the rotowire, uh, com. Um, and I have to say, I have one thing, one thing I want to recommend to you though. You have it broken down very nicely in your security ranks. I love the security ranks, but I got to say, 
Jordan Romano needs to be on the very high list. Yeah. 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 Did you bump him up yet? All right. All right. I'm doing it right now. This is a live. (laughs) This is a live bump up. This is a live bump up. Yeah. All right. All right. right. I pulled it up. I was looking at the security thing and I said, you know what? Jordan Romano, I got to think that uh, I heard, um, you know, I was listening to the Launch Angle podcast today and they were talking about like, you know, if the, you know, where would they go today? Where would guys go today? And um, Maddie Wood and Vlad were talking about that too. And he got brought up and um, I have to agree that with Maddie Wood that I think right after the Hater, Hater Hendricks, I think he's got to be in that class A Iglesias Diaz group, like he you know jumps up about 10, 15 picks. I think if you're, you're redoing the draft right now, yeah, he's he's been in my top five since early, uh, you know, February. Right. Um, it was always you know Hater Hendricks, Iglesias, Diaz, and uh, uh, Romano. Just you know, it, it just makes sense for me. Like you know, the the better teams, obviously, you're gonna probably come by more opportunities and you know, the Mets significantly approved this year with, you know, the additions they, they made with Scherzer, especially. And um, so that's why I just kind of liked Romano and, and Diaz over, over class a, um, just because, you know, better K rates, better teams. Um, what chances so is it? Of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that because the Mets, I mean, they had two, two disaster eighth innings, but take that away and they might be, they might not have a loss, you know, they just, the pitching is great. Even without a Grom, it's just really solid pitching. Um, and they just got to get that bridge to Diaz. Diaz without those two blown, you know, those two blown um, open meltdowns. But um, yeah. So um, which uh, arm barns do you want to talk about today? Um, right now so i'm gonna start with the cubs um david robertson obviously got the first save of the 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 whole mlb season um you know got some little bit of security in the role um getting his second save on tuesday i do think he could run with the job um but i do have a little bit of pause um because we've seen david ross be fluid with his closer role before um, mm-hmm. last year after the Kimbrough trade, he just kind of went full committee. And I do think, you know, since they signed Robertson to a one-year deal that, you know, if they're kind of a middling team near the trade deadline, they'll just, they'll just unload Robertson. And he he's exactly the type of pitcher contending teams look for. He's a veteran. He's got extensive playoff experience. Um, he's got a world series ring. So, um, you know, certainly, you know, he's got that opportunity now to just kind of run with a job. Um, Rowan Wick's kind of off to a rough start. Um, Givens has kind of been pitching the eighth inning. Um, he's a capable alternative. So I do think, you know, he might, you know, Givens might get an opportunity here soon. Um, he's, he's struck out five in, in two and a third so far. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of like wishy-washy on Robertson right now. I feel like he he could be like really good, but you know, I feel like there's just other options too. Um, Givens just being one of them, Wick being one of them. You know, if he starts, you know, pitching better. So, right. Um, so yeah. yeah. So 
D-Rob right. off to a good start. Pitch mix is kind of in line with his like last full season, 2018. He's, he's using the cutter about 40% of the time. Kind of bumped up his slatter usage 15%. He's uh, throwing that 37% of the time now. So, so yeah, got off to a good start. Um, he's kind of over the, you know, he's, he was really limited the past three years due to, due to TJ. Um, missed 2020 altogether. Um and I think it was only like 18 innings over the last three years or so, but, you know, as long as he's healthy and pitching well, um, you know, he'll probably get, probably get yeah. the bulk of the opportunities, maybe the primary share and, you know, maybe towards like mid season, that's when you can kind of, you know, look to either trade them if you're in a trading league or um, just to kind of anticipate a trade, see, see where the Cubs are in the standings at that point. And, you know, if they're kind of falling out of contention, I would definitely look to like move them. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point that that you bring up about him just being that perfect kind of, you know, trade bait if the team isn't, um, you know, in contention for uh, a playoff spot or if he just builds his value up right enough to where just capitalize on it. They they showed that they would do it last year, you know, with uh, with a lot of their players when they started to retool. So. Definitely a good call yeah, there. They did it with Chapman a long time ago. They, right. You know, dealt him to the Yankees. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're certainly not opposed to doing something like that. It's just, you know, if he finds it in his heart to just throw Scott Efrost back, you know, like into the role, you know, my my couple you of teams where E-Frost? I draft. Yeah, you know, I got some Efrost. I got some round 50 Efrost. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, but... one walk last year. I mean, yeah. I... <laughs> You know, he's just, again, one of those guys like, um, you know, like in the later rounds, I kind of like to look at like, you know, last couple of months or last five, six weeks of the season. And, you know, he was just like popping off on so many things. Like, oh, this guy is pretty good. Like, he doesn't throw the hardest, but, you know, first pitch, strike, K percentage. It's just pretty, pretty solid, you know. And uh, yep. for a brief thought in my mind, I was like, I'm going to have – a great closer in round 49 and 50 because that's what you do think when you pick a speculative guy in those rounds <laughs> you, you do think that you're gonna hit you know on them uh it happens yeah, he's only made two and... appearances it's, it's early obviously but he's yeah. off to a great start and he's he's certainly one of those relievers who could like enter that mix for saves um yep. he was the closer in the minors um he does have 15 saves in the minors so Right. Um, so yeah, I feel like yeah, and I feel like Givens is just a another good option. Like Robertson, like you said, like I almost feel like they can do like a layered, you know, build up the value and trade these guys with both of them. You know, because Givens yep, was pretty exactly. solid last year, and he's you know, um, we saw this year too. You know, sixty-two and a half K to zero percent walk rate um, in those three innings, but two point one innings, but. Um, yeah, so that's a good call right there for looking at the possible uh, future of Robertson. Suck up your saves now from him. And like you said, if you're in a trading league, maybe maybe consider uh, getting someone to give up uh, like an everyday hitter or a good a good arm, a good starter for him. Um, sure. Yep. What do you got next? Uh, so next I want to talk about the Giants. Um, just oh, let's do got it. Got Kaplard, you know, he, the <laughs> – are we, are we just like, is that, a, what is it, a verb or, a, I don't know, whatever the phrase is, like Gombert and Kaplard and yep. whatever. Yep. You know, obviously, uh, um, you know, those who 
uh, drafted Jake McGee or just kind of hoping he, he, you know, logs a save here in the near future. I, I do still think he, he gets plenty of ninth inning work this year. He's just a solid veteran. He's always been pretty good. Um, but, you know, he has worked um, some of San Francisco's highest leverage spots in the games he's worked this year. Right. Um, um, you know, he worked the eighth in a game where San Francisco was up one against Miami's three, four, five hitters. So, I mean, that was probably the right spot to use him there. Um, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, Camilo Duvall first save of the year yesterday to preserve the, uh, Logan Webb, um, eight inning gem that he threw. Um, Duvall made it interesting though, in that, in that contest, uh, Loaded the bases. Uh, Cronenworth got a single. Um, Hosmer walked. He hit Profar and then struck out Beatty um, t- to get the save. But uh, yeah, this is, I think this will be very similar to last year, just with three yeah. guys now instead of, you know, just between McGee and, and kind of Rogers. And I, and I still think McGee probably gets the bulk of the saves. It's just, I would just like to see him get one you know, this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Just give me one. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, I, I I, totally think that McGee will still end up with a good amount of the saves, you know? Um, yeah, don't recommend dropping him. You know, if you drafted him for saves and he's kind of like your second, you know, third closer, I'd, I'd kind of hold on to him. Yeah. yeah, I think I definitely agree with that assessment. I mean, um, feel like you know if you got him if you got him anywhere especially early part of his season drafting season when he you know still wasn't being pushed up like main event season he he rose but um yeah I think you're right I think it's gonna be divvied up as much as they can between um I've I I think Kepler Kepler has you know he's proven that he's not afraid to actually choose one guy you know like he had the season in Philly with, with, with Neris and he was the guy, you know? Um, yeah. And, and McGee was still, he, he logged 31 saves last year. He was still kind of like the primary guy, even though yep. Rogers got 13 saves and Duvall got a few at the end of the year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Duvall's when he's like on, he's electric. So uh, super exciting. So I could see kind of a more like even split, I guess, but uh, I still think maybe kind of gets that, that little little bit of a favorable share right yeah um, i agree i agree so All next right. uh i want to talk about the marlins um mm. you know anthony bender you know uh first of all dylan floro started the year on the, the il with this um you know arm soreness um he's been pitching bullpens um seems like he's probably on his way back soon um but uh in the interim anthony bender um, has gotten the, the majority of the opportunities. He blew his first one. Um, Don Mattingly went right back to him the very next night, um, and he got the save. And I think I think he logged one tonight. Um, he did. He gave yep. up a couple of hits. So he's kind of like making things interesting. Um, I'm sure. I don't know. I, I think uh, the acquisitions of Tanner Scott Colesolser. You know, they might they might mix in there. Solskjaer's kind of worked the seventh and eighth of close games in his three appearances thus far. Um, hasn't given up a run yet. So um, if uh, they're, I don't know, 
if if Bender kind of uh, flounders a little bit here in the coming week or so, I could see kind of Sulcer mixing in until Floro was ready, and then I could easily see Floro reclaiming the gig when he comes back. Yeah, um, I kind of do just because Bender's kind of just been so spotty thus far, but um, right, I would I like to see what, Bender. Yeah, oh, go, ahead, go, for it, go for it. No, no, I was gonna say I think that's what Madden Lee may like about Floro. Like he's not lights out, like you know, spectacular, but he also never really makes it. You know, he doesn't have that level of inconsistency that Bender seems to show, you know, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's still, um, I just checked his ownership percentage real quick. In the main events, he's still 100% owned Flora. And all my championships, 86% um, owned. So still out there in some leagues if you want to speculate on that, on him getting the getting the job back, you know, especially for a guy that was going maybe, what, 200-ish ADP toward the end yeah. of the drafting season, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and latest note on him, a couple of days ago, he completed a 25-pitch bullpen session. Um, still probably needs a rehab assignment in the minors just to kind of face live hitters. But, um, yeah, I could see him just kind of going back to the, the veteran, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when, when he's healthy enough to pitch. Right. I like it. All right, so next uh, really interesting – Arm Barn, uh, in my opinion, the Boston Red Sox. Um, oh boy, yep. <laughs> um, so I think uh, I've kind of looked at their usage pretty closely thus far, and it's and it's pretty clear who the low leverage relievers are. Um, that being Sawamura, Phillips, Valdez, Austin Davis. Those are kind of like the low leverage guys, and then the the mid leverage relievers they're using. Um, Cutter Crawford, kind of the bulk reliever, who's who's kind of opening some eyes this year. Ryan Brazier, who had seven saves for the Red Sox in 2019. And uh, right now it's Matt Barnes is kind of pitching that mid-leverage work. He hasn't, hasn't earned a high-leverage opportunity yet. Um, he missed that opening series versus the Yankees. His velo was down, you know, in spring training. Um, mm-hmm. kind of attributed to just kind of a tight back. Um, Vila was a little bit down in his first appearance, uh, two miles an hour. He was sitting 94 versus 96 last year. Um, did come up a little bit in the second appearance, but they've been kind of in that, like, um, you know, sixth inning, we're up like seven to two type scenario. So I think they're kind of just easing him back in until you know he kind of shows he's he was kind of that the dominant pitcher uh from early last year so really um the high leverage work thus far has gone to um a couple guys matt strom um he's yet to be scored upon this year mm-hmm. um you know always solid with the the padres just kind of dealt with some injuries um he used to be one of my favorite pitchers in like um in, in my home league where we have uh it's on cbs and he always used to qualify for like reliever and yeah, starter the, you know yeah, he was like spark, sw- yep. yeah yeah he was the swing type where you could just like throw wherever you wanted you know it was uh my good memories of Matt on when when uh strom when i was i drafted for uh phil uh with a proxy for him for the mtm ultimate um mm. and Jason Dupont, who's a really good high high stakes player, um, he's a big Boston fan. Um, 
Boston Red Sox fan. And he was the second pick of the last round. And uh, he said, with my last pick, I will take the Boston Red Sox closer match, Trom. You know, and I was like, I was like, oh, you know, like <laughs> he got an ooh from like a lot of people. And then, you know, kind of, you know, I think he had just started, like he was working a little bit in spring training. They just signed him and he had a couple of outings. And it was one of those, you know, first, you know, uh, instances where like you pick it like, oh, wait a minute. Is this a possibility? You know, it's good old match Trom, you know. Yeah. Yeah, thus far he's um, he's gotten this. He pitched the seventh inning in a game that Boston was up four to three, um, kind of the bridge to Diekman's first save, mm-hmm. and then he pitched um, the fifth inning in a tie game um, and struck two guys out in two thirds of an inning. So, yeah, certainly kind of in that like sixth, seventh inning range of of close games. Uh, you know, Strom's kind of that like first guy, and you know type out of the pen for those close ones. Yep. Um, and then uh, next is uh, Garrett Whitlock, who was charged with a blown save in game one versus the Yankees. I think he gave up a home run to DJ LeMahieu, but um, Boston's fifth game of the season, he was brilliant, four scoreless innings, um, came into the game when they were trailing, I think, three nothing, and then got the win um, when Boston came back. Um, so... Whitlock's, um, they just, you know, extended them. I certainly think he'll uh, be in the mix for saves, you know, be be more kind of in the mix for the the two, three inning save. Um, yeah, let's bring variety. those back, you know, let's bring them back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's bring some three inning saves back, you know? Yeah. Like Dennis Eckersley style. Right. Right? Yeah, no, I like Whitlock. I have him in one of my mains and – um. I plan to just, you know, just keep him in there and just utilize whatever he's going to throw. He throws four innings a week, you know? Yeah, high leverage. I mean, wins and, you know, the occasional save sounds good, you know? Yep, yep. I love it. But, you know. And then you've got uh, uh, Hansel Robles. Yes. And uh, Jake Diekman. um, uh, Diekman logged their first save. Robles got their second. Um, I like Robles the most. Um, I just – you know, Diekman kind of struggled last year. I think uh, homers were a problem for him when he was in Oakland. Uh, mm-hmm. Robles just kind of really um, improved his ground ball rate last year. Uh, they brought him back um, after he was traded to Boston from Minnesota. So um, he got kind of a later start to spring, I think, but he's already in the high leverage picture yep. getting saves for him. So, yeah, I think until like Barnes is kind of like ready to kind of show he's like, ready for some save opportunities. I think Robles is probably the, my favorite, uh, Boston Barn Barn. I think you're right. I think, I think it's, I, I think they're treating the low leverage for Barnes as like spring training for him, you know, yeah, let him exactly. get back into it, let him loosen back up and then get him back in there for the opportunities and let him lose the job, like through performance, not because, you know, he got hurt. Um, I definitely think that's the case, you know, Robles is, yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> But, uh, I mean, apparently I think they said that he was throwing in the Dominican Academy, the Red Sox Academy there, and that he was kind of like, you know, staying in shape and staying ready to when when he got past his visa issues or whatever like that. But, yeah, he's uh, out of the bullpen. He's on, on fan graphs, at least. He has the highest win probability added for the bullpen, and he's got three um, shutdowns, um, which I guess yep. uh, I forgot how they – 
they measure that. It's a pretty interesting measure. It's something I started to look at a little bit for for closers. Um, well, relief pitchers in general. But yeah, this is yeah. This shout is, out to uh, Greg Jewett and his reliever recon crew. They do fantastic work. They were talking about shutdown meltdowns a uh, long time ago. So yeah, uh, if you're not I, a, a patron of theirs, I, I highly recommend it. Three dollars a month, I think. Uh, maybe it's going up. I can't remember, but um, I mean, anything reliever related, like their team is just on it. Um, yep. I think I remember, I can't remember the exact picture, but I remember like looking into somebody a little bit deeper and I was like, yeah. And then like, I, I had looked back and they like had already covered it like a month ago. I was like, uh, no. yeah. so <laughs> these guys, these guys yeah. know their shit. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That's a cool little uh, group that they got there. I think, yeah. um, you know, it should like, uh, Maybe she just thought like an outfield one, you know, like outfield the recon. <laughs> outfield guru, yeah. <laughs> Won't be as special as uh, specializing closes. But um, yeah, I know getting back to Jake Diekman, I know that he went to, you know, he did the whole codify thing like like Liam Hendrick did and a lot of other people, a lot of other pitchers have gone, you know, looking, going for that heat map, you know, training and, 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 and trying to learn where it's better to throw his pitches and better spots to attack, you know, the batters. Oh, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting arm bond for sure right there. Um, yep. Next, uh, we'll talk about the Texas Rangers. Oh, um, yeah. So I was off Joe Barlow all year. Like, I don't think I drafted him once. Um, I just thought he was kind of a fraud, overperformed. Um, mm-hmm. They spent all this money on, you know, half a billion dollars on Corey Seager and Marcus Semien and John Gray and, you know, these free agents. I'm like, why would they throw someone out there with 29 innings of big league experience as their closer? Like they're, you know, clearly showing they're trying to win. Um, guy had a, you know, horrible walk rate in the minors, like 5.8 walks per nine in the minors. Um, you know, definitely kind of outperformed. Uh, his XERA and FIP last year, he had a 155 ERA, 083 WHIP, uh, 344 FIP, 339 XERA. So, I mean, I just was like, I didn't touch him at all. But uh, looking a little bit closer to his his usage thus far, I might be back in. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're 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 on him too, right? Right? Right, Rob? Yeah, no, yeah. I just I never really thought that he was gonna lose the job you know i i i was messing with um jeff erickson and in one of his tweets he said uh it it looks like um uh barlow uh i forgot how he worded it like um you know may may uh get the job and i said you mean keep it you know like he never really lost it you know like they never uh, claimed anyone else to be the closer he ended the season as the closer, I thought he came in as the closer. I think there was um early parts of draft season and, and draft champions. I got a couple of him because um, I just thought like he ended the season as the closer. And yeah, maybe he kind of overperformed or he had like expected stats that, you know, weren't as rosy as. Um, but I just felt that, you know, he didn't do anything to um, like completely say he's not our guy. And then, yeah, I would have to agree Like with the signings, maybe it slowed down. Like, you, you know, you have that thought in your head, like you said, you know, maybe maybe they're going to try to make the team better and that they'll try to upgrade 
that spot. But when the upgrade was Greg Holland, I just didn't believe it. Uh, I think you know. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be Kimbrel or you know, even like someone like Kalame or somebody. You know, right. somebody on yes. the cheaper side. Yes, Kalame was but, the guy. But you know, I think you know they they have two injured guys right that were previously well well regarded in in their um Trevino and hernandez or rodriguez what's the uh yeah jose the, leclerc and leclerc, leclerc yes leclerc why is he trevino yep again about the catcher leclerc man remember him <laughs> jose he, trevino, yeah. he leclerc was uh big at one point right yeah he was he was like one of those 100k uh, relievers um yeah, his last full season. Yeah, 100 strikeouts and 68 and two thirds, 14 saves. Um, ratios weren't great, but but yeah, he's um, yeah, he'll he'll be he'll it'll be interesting to see like how healthy he is when he starts pitching again. You know, yeah. coming off the Tommy John, um, you know, perhaps uh, you know they didn't really go trade for Kimbrel or, or sign someone else just because they knew like they could get by until like Leclerc Hernandez were back, you know, maybe they just felt comfortable enough with those guys coming back soon and their health and their rehab that, you know. Yeah. It's just pretty, pretty interesting run he had there for, for a couple of years. I didn't realize he, he, he threw that. that much, yeah. He was a beast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. From 2017 through 2019, 172 innings, 245 strikeouts, six wins, 30 saves. Pretty, pretty solid. Pretty solid. His, yeah. His, his K minus walk wasn't like crazy good, but um, pretty effective pitcher. Yeah. And that's um, what, what is his status? Is he on the way back this year? Um, just he's on the 60 day IL. So hmm. I'm assuming probably late May, June, we'll start to see some activity for him again, maybe some rehab outings, right? you know, ramp him up. And then, you know, since he's a reliever, you know, he may not require as long of a ramp up as a starter would coming off Tommy John. But um, one guy I really like in that and really like his, his arm is uh, Brock Burke. I just don't know if they would turn to him in that type of role. Uh, and you know, I know he's was a starter in the minors, and I don't know if they're gonna, you know, work him to get back up. I would assume that because he's such a you know, he's been a pretty big prospect for them, but um, or maybe they decide to throw him in you know, shorter spots and see if his if he plays up from the bullpen as well. But uh, yeah, interesting yeah, another, arm yeah, I want to look, uh, I took a look look at Barlow um he's throwing his slider more it was his most effective pitch last year he limited batters to an 071 batting average last year he threw it 41 percent of the time last year and uh this year he's thrown it I mean granted it's a small sample but uh 59 percent of the time um and his velocity is up on the pitch uh about mile and a half and uh his curveball velo was like way up like four and four miles an hour as well um, I think Barlow was one of the dri- went to drive line. I think um, I think I saw his jersey on the drive line wall. I, I can't remember, but um, yeah, if he's if he's mixing in the slider more, throwing uh, you know his fastball less, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm interested. So they, they have a wall. Yeah. Driveline's got like a wall of jerseys of all the guys that, that oh. kind of, um, come through their program. So interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Kyle Bodie, old magic, the gathering buddy of mine back here in Cleveland, Ohio area. It's just mm-hmm. so cool seeing him do all this genius stuff with like, you know, those, the weighted balls and, you know, improving velocity and spin and all that kind of stuff. Just insane. He, he was just on a, a podcast that um, I listened to by uh, Jeff Ponce from Baseball America called 90th yeah. Percentile um, podcast. And it, that was awesome. I mean, it was small, but it was just it was a short pod, but it was just, it's really, you know, sometimes you hear people talk about baseball and about the training of it. And I'm like, wow. That's fascinating, you know. Like, it, it, it's so cool to see the the people that are pushing that envelope and on on you know how to get better and how to you know throw faster and just everything. It's just really it's fascinating, you know. It's good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I do, I do agree with you with the change in in the pitch mix. I'm looking at that too now. I'm on Alex Chamberlain's leaderboard, and yeah, definitely some some interesting things happening there. If he like you said, if he throws a little bit more of that off speed and uh, yeah, the slide. You kind of want to watch his his walk rate. Make sure he's you know he's not walking batters. That's where he, you know, that's that's the biggest concern. But if he's throwing that like slider for strikes and the curve for strikes, then you know, yeah, because that's the could be, that's could the big dangerous. thing. They're they're, uh, they're teaching the sweeper hardcore uh, right. in Texas. I know John Gray and and Dane Dunning has have. I've said that so, and you could see it. His horizontal movement on the sliders has moved a couple inches. So, uh, definitely something uh, to keep an eye on. But I do, yeah, I think Barlow is the guy there. I don't think they, yeah, he's pitched the ninth inning in both of his appearances thus far. One was in a 12 6 win against Toronto, and then one was in a tie game against Colorado versus their four, five, six hitters. Um, did give up the go ahead home run to CJ Crone. Um, but uh, Texas came back in the bottom of the ninth. Greg Holland then took the loss in the 10th. Um, if you have Holland, I would drop him. He's given up a home run in two of his three appearances thus far. I don't think he's going to see the ninth inning in Texas anytime soon. Um, if anybody, um, Garrett Richards was activated from the IR mm, IL today. Mm. Um, he's kind of a dark horse, yep. you know, round 50 DC guy, a uh, target of mine. Yep. Um, so we'll see how he pitches. Um, Dennis Santana went on the COVID IL today, but his velo's up. Um, he's kind of pitched the um, sixth inning, um, but um, they were in close games. So um, he's part of the leverage ladder to Barlow. Uh, Matt Bush also. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a shaky outing last time um, where he kind of hit a batter through a wild pitch uh, facing the two, three, four hitters. Uh, but uh, yeah, right. um, I'm definitely back on Barlow as long as he just keeps the walks down. So, right. kind of wishing I had drafted like one share of him now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I had like only two of him in draft champions. That came very early. But uh, yeah, okay. I have two questions for you uh, on the spot. Damn. Yeah. Over under saves for the rest of the year for Robert Suarez at seven. Um, hmm. 
That's a good number, right? It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I, do, I still one, think man. he sneaks in there for a little bit. I yeah. still think they want to get him to try to get back into that. Because the kid, it's going to come a point where they're going to need him to pitch big innings, you know? And I feel like it wouldn't be bad if they tried to get him in a couple of safe spots. Yeah, because if something happens to Taylor Rogers, I mean, I would think he's he's the guy there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think like I, I watched that inning. It was hard, but I felt for him. You know, yeah, like yeah, first big league appearance. Yeah. Yeah. He was he definitely had it in him that he was just uh yeah, it wasn't gonna happen, you know. But uh I but keep in mind San Diego, the past, let's see, two out of the last three, what is that? 2020. Yeah, two out of the last three years, they've had the the, the league leader in saves. Right. Manson last year, Kirby Yates in 2019. So, yep, um, could Good definitely point. see. You know, I mean, Rogers was, you know, missed a couple months last year. Certainly, you know, something that could pop back up. You know, so right? Maybe maybe Suarez, you know, mixes in more than you know. Once he gets comfortable, kind of in the big leagues. Maybe he mixes in more kind of the the, the timeshare with with Taylor Rogers, similar to what Minnesota did with with Rogers and Robles last year in Minnesota. Right. Okay, I get it. All right. So my other question Good is question. my other question is for your security ladder here, your very highs, your Hendricks, Presley, Iglesias, Hater, um, and Romano. And, I made that and, change. And Romano. Refresh, yeah. <laughs> Out of those teams, right? If somehow their top guys go down, is anyone in line to get all of the saves opportunity? I guess what I'm saying is it does the does the linear path to save stay with those teams, or is it more because those guys are just so much better that they get the you know, like if let's just say Hendrick goes down. Would it be Graveman or you think they'd mix in Graveman bummer? Like kind of like that. Like is, is there any team that you think that would stick to the one guy type of role? I don't think Chicago would because bummer is like so good on lefties and Graveman's mm-hmm. like kind of tougher on righties. I think they would just kind mix of it up. share it. Yep. Right. And, and it's interesting because Hendricks, um, you know, he was bad at the beginning of last year too. And he's kind of off to like that rough start again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, I guess yeah. you shouldn't say rough start. I mean, just not as smooth as you. Yeah, as you'd yeah, like. Still it. struck yeah. out seven guys. Has in three innings. Hasn't walked a better yet. So yeah, he uh, stinks. <laughs> no, but yeah, he hasn't made it. He's made it look a little, a little interesting. That's it, I guess. Yeah. 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 So for Chicago, I would say they kind of share, um, and yeah, they, they, you know, eventually Joe Kelly, I think, will come back too, and he's kind of, mm-hmm. you know. The, the veteran so um what about the action i could see being linear with hector nares just because i don't think anyone else in that bullpen really is primed to to really handle yeah. the role um presley looks a little uh that that velo is concerning yeah and it's, it's crazy because it was, it was down and they gave him the extension right like that yeah. was that was really interesting but i'm monitoring that because that was my bold prediction of the year that Neris would be the closer. I only had one yeah. bold prediction this year, and that's it. Yeah, and Neris too, I mean, you know, kind of in that high leverage role, um, you know, should should come across a lot of opportunities where he's he's pitching in a tie game and comes across a win or something like that. So, 
even now, I still think he has value. So um, I know the launch angle guys were talking about Aris today too, um, mm-hmm. uh, towards the end there. So um, I could see that being kind of linear. Um, I see Milwaukee being linear with Devin Williams. Just kind of let him, just let him go out there and see what he can do in the role. Interesting. Um, Interesting. That was the one I was most interested about, I think. Yeah. Because of the the way they handle pitching and the like the multitude of guys that they have, you know, I don't know. If, but yeah, I, Boxberg, I would think cousins. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, certainly, certainly capable of, of doing so. I know when when Hader, I think I think he went on the COVID IL last year and they they kind of gave like everyone a shot. I think Suter had a save. Williams Correct. had a save. Boxberger had one. Yep. So that could be that could be interesting. Hopefully that just doesn't happen. But yeah. I'd love to see Williams get kind of like an extended run in the role just to see what he can do. Yeah, I agree. Um, Definitely. And then for like Toronto, you know, Tim Miza, Yumi Garcia, I, I think it's kind of a similar situation where they, to, to Chicago where they would throw Miza against lefties and Yumi versus, versus righties. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That makes sense. All right, cool. All right. Did you get that? Rap Romano and bubble wrap because he's my, uh, highest shared closer <laughs> this year. Yeah, I put my money where my mouth was. Definitely with, with Romano, yeah. I definitely drafted him anywhere I could. So, yeah, I know it was like he kept getting brought up like as a would you rather with Gallegos a lot in drafting season. I'm like, this is not even close for me. I mean, yeah. the guy pitched on a bad knee too. Went out there and was a bulldog, and they never went to anyone else last year. I just didn't see that Kimbrough going there. I didn't see the Jansen going there. It was a threat, but I didn't think it was, you know, especially like talking to Blue Jay fans and, you know, guys who are real in tune to the team. And Fred they were Zinke, like, yeah. Yeah, like was, they're not going to spend money there. That they yeah. weren't going to make yeah. any huge additions. Right. You know, and they, right. made, they made the additions last year. You know, they did sign Yimmy this, this offseason, but last year they, they added Adam Simber, who's better than you. I mean, he's pretty much like Tyler Rogers, basically. Um, so I think they were like kind of satisfied with, you know, the additions they made. They knew Julia Merriweather was coming back. Maybe that could be turned into something. Trevor Richards is really good too. So, um, yeah. So I think they were pretty content with their their arm barn and arm barn. Um, I'm pretty pleased to see Romano just come out the gates, just awesome. So right, absolutely. All right, I know you got to get out of here. Just going to ask you two quick questions for two star pitches next week. Right, so. In main events, we have um, Zach Thompson available in 64% of leagues, Daniel Lynch, 53%, Rich Hill, 51%, Just, uh, Justin Steele, 45%. Um, these guys are slated for two starts next week. Would you have interest in any of these guys for a two-start? Um, it's hard, right? Because not, yeah. yeah. It's hard because I think I, I think out of any one of them it would probably be Rich Hill. Um, yep. Yep. You know, just yeah. because of uh, matchups and and his ability to get out there and you feel confident in 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 the five, you know, going five. And um, I don't know. Yeah, the tandem tandem starts with with Whitlock. You right. Know, he would kind of come in and mop up uh, the rest of the innings. So. Right. Um, what about in in um, OCs, you got a guy like uh, Merrill Kelly out there who's still available in 30% of OCs. Um, Nick Lodolo, who's actually still available in um, 
about almost 30% of OCs. Um, would you go for any one of those types in online championships for, for a two-star? I would look at Merrill Kelly for sure. Um, yeah. He had a really great spring. Um, I don't think he gave up a run. He's yet to give up a run in nine, nine and a third this year. He's got 13 strikeouts. Um, Velo's up. Um, you know, had a um, little bit of an injury risk. Um, he had that thoracic outlet surgery uh, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. But, um, you know, at Washington and then home against the Mets, I mean, I, th- I think out of the, the guys, you know, you kind of talked about, I think he's kind of most appealing. You know, I wouldn't, you know, break the bank for him or anything, but I do think he's solid. I actually did draft him in, in, in an OC um, and uh, I think my main event qualifier too. Oh, um, nice. So, yeah, um, I was I was just encouraged by the spring. He he he. I think he gave up one base runner in the spring in seven innings uh, with 13 Ks. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, obviously it's the Diamondbacks. They're not a great team, so you know, wins might not be as great. But you know, with the way he's pitched this spring, with the velo up a little bit, um, I mean, it's nothing phenomenal. He's you know, he's only pitching 93 miles an hour. He was at 91 and a half last year. So it's not like he's like blowing people away or anything, but um, yeah, I'm encouraged by, by Kelly. I think, I think he's solid ratio guy. He's, he's been solid in the past too. So. Right. Totally agree. I, I, do you have any way to differentiate like how you want to approach double starts with OCs and like a main event? Cause last year, I think I struggled in OCs like by not, like by, I don't know, by trying too hard for doubling up sometimes or going for the two starts where it actually hurt me more. Yeah, and I think I think that's where, like, you know, if you have the room to roster, like, one of the guys, like, like a Neris or a Low Isaac or, um, you know, maybe those kind of guys fit in. You know, I actually did did drop um, – I think low ice guy. I think I used them the first week and and dropped them in, in my 12 teamers. But um, you know, if matchups are kind of like everything, right? Like like you you got a two starter, um, you know, and and the matchups kind of aren't great. Um, you know, I'm I'm more inclined to use kind of the the you know the the stud reliever. Um, yeah, got it. You know, but but. Yeah, I'm kind of struggling now. Like I have Mitch Keller in, in an OC. I'm kind of holding on to Luis Castillo. So it's like, you know, bench room is like so limited, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, do you just cycle through these guys? Like, like I'm probably, probably going to drop Mitch Keller in my 12s. Like, I don't know. I think like, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and when you guys got Kelly available, we have like pretty decent matchups, you know, bring them on board for a week or two. Um, just kind of cycling through. Yep. But, yeah, uh, that's one thing I didn't do last year good enough in my OCs was re- like churn the players. I was a little too fifteen team league minded, uh, too yeah. strong minded on that side where uh, it's like I can't drop this guy. He's you know I was like no actually twelve team is different you know and it's so this year I'm trying to use more of like a, a lo- you know m- just trying to be a little better with noticing that they're not that that they're more of like a replacement level player than you just gotta you know yeah because i like 
I have like one, I think pitching spot I can kind of rotate, like because I'm looking at my one, my one, my one online championship team where I have Cole, Trevor Rogers, Kershaw. I mean, I'm starting those guys every, pretty much every week, right? Like yeah. Alex Wood, probably starting every week. Erod, you know, maybe if the matchups aren't great, but like the last two kind of like pitch, like and then two closers. Um, maybe cycle on the third closer on occasion, but like I have like Brash, who I started this week. Um, but maybe like you kind of sit him. I don't, you know, I don't know, depending on the matchup. Savali, I have so it's like like those two guys, I'll probably just kind of bench him, maybe cycle through, right? You know, definitely hold on to Brash, but you know, just because he's he was electric he's... against the, the White Sox, but oh man, I know, right? The watch is like, I'm I, I. One of my OCs that was probably about five weeks before the season started, and I took it was still when J Rod was like in the 280, 300 area, and I took Matt Brash in the last round. And normally, like, that's not my way of drafting. I'm very, you know, risk averse when it comes to the prospects yeah. and the young guys. But again, this was a James Anderson who was on, uh, he had Jeff Pont on the pod, and they, they were both convinced. That Matt Brash would start the season as a starter and would be really good. And I was like, I had the draft that night, and I'm like, all right, round 30. I took him with the last pick. And I did the same thing in my auction in the in the reserve line. I took him with my last pick. Um, so I'm happy with that. And he looks awesome. Love watching him so far. Yeah, but that, that's a really good question. Like in the 12s, like do you do you kind of just go for like the volume, like try to just get as many innings in there as you can, you know, or you know, so. Right, because also the volume of bad ratios can help you. I mean, can hurt you, you know, because right. other teams may just have better pitchers that are just you're gonna put yourself in a big hole with the ratios. And I guess that's what I, I think that's what kind of happened last year with my starters. And uh, I had too many closers. I held on to like closers on the bench because I didn't want other teams to have them, even though I had a surplus of them. So right. um, yeah, I'm looking now like. Well, I mean, there's so many like, like speculative relievers. Like Santian's available, Yoan Duran's available, um, Robert Suarez is there. Like Will Smith, like trying. I mean, like there's there's Tyler Duffy. There's just like good relievers there. But yeah. like the starters, I'm looking like the best one's probably Kyle Wright. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, I, like, was- it's like, what do you do with your your lad? Do you cycle through and just kind of use the roster spot and I don't know. Tough. It's tough this game yep. to play. Yeah. All right. Let's ask Let's ask Phil what he wants. What he would do. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, buddy. Oh my where is it? Midnight where he's at. Let's yeah, go. it's his now the he shuts down. He's like a vampire, uh, opposite vampire. He he uh he recharges. He's like an electric vehicle. He goes on recharge overnight. Yeah. Yeah, it was way past my bedtime. So yeah, man, <laughs> like, I get it. Sorry, I took you. Uh, I took you off so long, but uh, no, no, no. I was, was I was excited to talk to you, man. That I could hundred you know, percent couldn't pass this up. So I'm glad. Yeah, man. Glad you're you're back doing the pods, and they're they're just so helpful, and it's the best best one, one of the best. Um, Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the time you're putting into them. So. Yeah, I appreciate. You know, it. tons of others do do too. So yeah, man, really appreciate it. Thank you uh, also for just being a good friend. You've been. Um, very kind to me during these last you know three four months and checking up on me so i appreciate that and uh 
you know, I don't, I don't, I'll never forget those things. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I but uh, I don't have a lot of, a lot of friends that like in my life that share like this passion. Right. So yeah. like when you come across someone like that, you just, I mean, it's just, it's just cool that like, you know, we share so many similar things other than fantasy baseball too, with yep. our dogs and gardening, things like that. So yeah. Yeah. Happy to, you know, keep the friendship going for, for, for many years to come. Amen, man. Amen. Appreciate that. I totally agree. Tell, tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and um, you know, what, what you do uh, for Rotowire. Yep. At Ryan roof on Twitter. Um, hit me up anytime. Happy to answer any DMS um, at Rotowire manage the closers grid um, and write a hopefully weekly column closer encounters. Uh, new one went, up today um just kind of covering the first week of games um and uh, uh also recently put up my first um article of kind of a five-part series i'm going to do just detailing everything my, my whole main event journey um so first was kind of like what i put in the prep and the draft recap just kind of what into my what went into my thought process for each pick and then the next one I'll do kind of when we reach the, the quarter point of the season and I'll just review like where I'm at in the standings each week, my tough fab decisions, um, just kind of chronicle everything, like where I've made mistakes, like where my toughest lineup decisions um, and just really put it out there for everyone because, um, you know, it's my first time going through this. I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to get feedback from people um, and hopefully um, someone else who's playing the main event for the first time can kind of go through it and, and just, uh, just take some from it. So Sweet. Um, doing it to, uh, you know, I'm writing more this year just to kind of, you know, become a better writer. Um, and, um, I think this is chronicling my whole journey in the main event, which just kind of helped me be a better player too. So. Sweet. I love that. That's great. It's a nice little, yep. uh, it's, it's something that's so memorable that you want to try to hold on to your experience of it. So it's great to write it out and, and give people the, you know, let people in and because it is, it is special, you know, it's, uh, especially the live one, man, you know, I, 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 I did a mistake this year because I signed up for a live main for Saturday in New York. And then I ended up doing the proxy for Phil Saturday nights. I didn't want to do two drafts in one day. So I signed up for the Friday one. I moved it to Friday and that league did not completely fill. So it was half live and half online. And the Saturday one, I ended up watching anyway, cause I was in the city and I was like, I should have been in this one too. I ended up doing another online main uh, to make it two mains. And I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this one on the computer when I could have done it live. You know, yeah. because it's just so much better live, too. And and you know what it is, too? And honestly, the biggest thing is when the clock is ticking, like, and you have to worry about, you know, clicking and, and clicking on something at the right time. Like, just in case you need the extra time. Live, you know, if if you spend the last 10 seconds of the clock scrambling and your head is just, like, spinning and you're trying to click something, like you could take the 10 extra times live the 10 extra seconds and still think about it clearly. And then just say a name, you know, at the last minute, like you don't have yeah. to, you know, and it's so much better and so much easier. 
and just it's better to to like read the room and you know see the way people are acting after picks or seeing people you know hearing people say fuck you like when you you know when you go high yeah. for a guy or something like that you know you like to hear those reactions instead of you know seeing it in the draft room oh was picking that guy next you know well <laughs> and you know that stupid shit but yeah live is the way to go so hopefully next year We'll get to yeah, it. I'm hoping well, hoping to cash this year so I can play again next year. I don't think I'll be able to do a live draft next year because I'm getting married on March 24th. Oh, so I'm excited about that. And then we're going to a honeymoon right after. So I'm actually kind of hoping to fit just a, a main draft in there uh, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> uh, but uh, Caribbean nights will be like up at like. Yep. Don't worry, honey. I'm just gonna do one draft. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> Wi-Fi on the cruise ship. Uh, well, I'm getting seasick or something. So. Oh man, crazy stuff. All right, Ryan. Cool, man. This was awesome. And we'll do it again for sure. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. All right, all righty, folks. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. Once again, this is Rob Di Pietro. You can find me on Twitter at Dead Pole Hitter. Um, DM me any questions you may have on fantasy baseball. I love to talk about. Um, baseball in general. So um, open dialogue if anyone has any start sick questions or trading questions um, for Keeper Leagues or Dynasty. Uh, I really love dialoguing on that. So um, yeah, hit me up. Or if you feel inclined to leave a podcast review, that would be awesome on any platform that you listen to that allows that. Spotify, Apple, um, you know, Definitely be much appreciated for the podcast. It goes a long way um, in having other listeners um, find this podcast. So if it helps you, help others as well. Um, and if you do happen to leave a rating <clears throat> or a review, you could um, find me if you're on Twitter and you want to send me a message. Show me the screenshot of your rating and review. I have some pull hitter you know, stuff that I could send to you um, as a thank you. Um, as well as baseball cards. So if those are things that interest you, um, yeah, take time out. Take the, um, I don't know, 60 to 90 seconds that it takes to write a couple of words or click a couple of stars. Um, but, yeah, thank you for everyone who tunes in all the time. Really appreciate you guys. Um, and hope everyone's having a wonderful spring, start to the spring, you know. Um, hope everyone is living their life to the best as they can. It's a very short time, so make the most out of it and um, walk around with a smile. You know, it goes a long way um, for your energy, for the energy that others see that you're putting out into the world. Um, you know, it doesn't take much to be nice to people and to smile and to not be a bag of shit, right? Exactly. <laughs>